Welcome to the Grow Wealth Experience, where top business leaders, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world help empower you to build your best financial life. Now, here's your host, Aisha Turgut. Welcome back to the next episode of the Grow Wealth Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about your credit and your credit worthiness, in particularly business credit. We're going to talk about what it is, how you can establish it, and if you're already a business owner, an entrepreneur, or investor, how you can improve your business credit and maintain a stellar score. Now, we know how frustrating it is you apply for a loan, and because your credit may not be that great, you don't get the loan amount you want, or you don't get the interest rate that you want because of your score. And as a business owner, this can be so stifling to your growth. And from a real estate investing perspective, we know how important leveraging debt is so you can continue purchasing properties and grow your investment portfolio. Now, to help us with this discussion, I have invited a personal and business credit expert on to the show. His name is Eric Counts. He is the president and CEO of Credit Nerds. His extensive knowledge of credit and credit repair have gained him audiences with the like of Wells Fargo, Regions Bank, and Century 21 branches across the country. In addition, he has served as an expert witness to lawmakers in the matters of credit and debt collection. He is also a speaker and author of The Credit Nerd's Ultimate Guide to Credit. Now, let's dive in. Welcome to the show, Eric. Thank you. I appreciate the intro. How are you today? I see you're at a conference. Where are you? I am speaking at a conference in Washington, D.C. right now. I'm in the middle of a doing a six-city tour. Um, We did Denver. We're going to do Washington, D.C., Chicago. We've got... Uh, Orlando coming, um, Atlanta, Phoenix, and Salt Lake, maybe seven. So we're having a pretty big uh, uh, go of it right now, traveling to a different city pretty much every week. Fantastic. You're spreading your knowledge. We love that. I love to get out there and speak and, and let people know the things that can help them. We're so glad that you're here. Now, I'm curious, how did you get involved in credit history um, and devote yourself into this niche? You know, um, by accident, like, isn't everybody, you know, everybody just, I mean, who falls into exactly what they want to do from birth? Uh, otherwise I think I'd be an astronaut right now, but, um, I was broke and I needed a job and I was looking for a job. My friend was a realtor and got a phone call one day and said, Hey, you know, we're looking for some people to help do sales in, uh, in this credit company. And my Mm -hmm. friend said, well, I'm not interested, but maybe, maybe my friend would be. So I took a job and it was about three, four months in, I started realizing that I had taken a job with one of those companies that were just ripping people off, taking their money, making these horrible false promises. And uh, I, I kind of went around everybody that we had sold the, the, this horrible service to and said, hey, I'm sorry, I can't give you your money back because uh, I only made $50 commission, you know, 
And I said, but, and I also couldn't give them the $50 back because I had to eat. I'd been eating. It was groceries. And yeah. I said, what I done was spent a lot of time learning. And uh, every time I would find a little thing in the, in the law or in the rules about credit, I would take that to the owner of the company and say, hey, we're not allowed to charge up front. Did you know that we're not allowed to charge up front? And then it was like, oh, we don't talk about that. And hey, we're not allowed to say these things. Did you know we're not allowed to say these things? And they'd say, oh, we don't talk about that. Hmm. So there are rules when it comes to credit repair, uh, especially is number one, they can't make you any false promises. They can't promise you a specific score or that all items are going to be removed, anything like that. They're, that's completely illegal. And number two, they cannot charge you any upfront fee. They can only charge once their services have been completed. They being credit repair people, companies? Absolutely. Uh, that's called the Credit Repair Organizations Act. And it does not allow any upfront fee. That's a good nugget of information because I'm sure so many people are so desperate. They pay those fees. Thousands of dollars. How can I help, how can I help you? What, what can I do to provide some knowledge to you today? Let's start with the fundamentals. Sure. Is there a difference between personal and business credit? Is Massive. one dependent on the other? Okay. Uh, so there's a huge difference. And yes, very commonly one is dependent upon the other. Um, there was a time more in the past where business credit was, uh, I don't want to say it was more valuable, but I do want to say it was more accessible outside of personal credit. Uh, a lot of the new scoring models and a lot of the new ways that banks are uh, underwriting their loans for an example, as the, uh, the SBA for small business loans through the SBA uses called the FICO liquid platform, that's uh, small business risk scoring, and they mix your business and personal credit together uh, is how they give you your likelihood of approval with, with SBA. Um, you know, the days of it just being your Paydex score have, have kind of come and passed. Paydex is one uh, option through Dun & Bradstreet, but a lot of the people that are telling you business credit's all about Dun & Bradstreet, it's just not anymore. You've got your Experian business profile is a very, very large uh, uh, profile that you need to build as well as your Dun & Bradstreet profile. But now, building those is key. Now, Experian and Dun & Bradstreet, I know Experian does personal credit. Are these credit companies for business different from personal? They, um, Experian does both. Experian okay. does personal. Uh, Equifax technically also does both uh, business and personal. Their, uh, their bureau hasn't caught on quite to the level that Experian and Dun & Bradstreet have. But um, there's, there's some funny, the way the law is built and, and things like non-monopoly laws, uh, they, anybody can start a credit bureau because it's a for-profit, just like anybody can start a restaurant. Anybody can start anything they want. That's, that's the rules. So uh, Experian, Equifax, and Dun & Bradstreet are, are the three major ones of business credit, but uh, they do both. So in the Experian world, they go off of what's called your Intelliscore. Uh, it's the Experian Intelliscore, and it too is a mixture of your business uh, fundability and your personal credit. So I'm going to, I'm going to lean into, I love business credit. I love it. It's so great. And it's extremely beneficial, but why? you have your personal credit as well. Okay. So why should we establish business credit? So 
businesses with really good business credit have a lot of benefits. Number one, uh, if you start looking at any type of grant, you start looking at any type of government program, government loans, they are going to check your business credit along with you know, your personal very often. Uh, when you have a really good business credit profile, what happens is it opens you up for significantly higher limits, significantly better rates and terms that you're not going to get with just a personal profile overall because your personal uh, finances aren't built to hold that much debt, right? We, we right. write up our revenue business loans and lines are tend to be based on revenue while credit, a personal credit is built on income. So if our company might make, you know, two or $3 million, let's say, but if we're only paying ourselves a hundred thousand dollars out of that money, then if we're doing things personally, we can only count what we earned as an individual. But as a business, I can count all of that revenue and I'm going to, uh, the likelihoods are, you know, seven to 10 times higher limits uh, for business lines as opposed to for personal. Excellent. Now, let's say we're a brand new business owner or a real estate investor. Since we buy, never buy real estate investments in our own name, um, how does a business owner establish business credit? What, what do we need to do to start doing that? So there are some programs out there. There are some courses. There are some things. Uh, and I'm not here to, to badmouth them, but uh, what a lot of them do is they put it in, you know, step one, set up a Paydex or set up a Dun & Bradstreet account. Step two, get your uh, uh, net 30 lines. And I know I'm kind of speaking through this really quickly, but the reason is because those, uh, those steps and those processes have, have become a little outdated. So you do need to have a Dun & Bradstreet. You need to do that. You do not have to pay for what they call a Dun's number. Now, Dun & Bradstreet is going to try to sell you one because that's what they do, right? Of course. As long, what your Dun's number is, is it's just the file number of your account with them. So if you start getting things to report to your Dun & Bradstreet, they'll already issue you a Dun's number because that's the number that they use to, to identify your file. So you do want to get an account with Dun & Bradstreet. You do want to have a Dun's number and you do want to start doing what are called net 30 and vendor lines. And a net 30 line is just a line with a company that says, hey, listen, we're going to get some product and then we have 30 days to pay that back really good example is uh, a lot of like convenience stores, as an example, use uh, a lot of net 30 lines because they'll get their, their, their drink providers will bring in the drinks. They get to put those in the store. They have 30 days to pay for that. And they use the sales to pay for their, their line. Uh, that's a vendor line. But the, the difference about a vendor line is that it's only going to cover uh, product. You're going to be able to get product. That comes in really, really handy for a brand new business, though. Think about a vendor line with a printing supply company that allows you to print direct mail campaigns. But then you can use those, create some income or revenue, and pay back the vendor. So not bad-mouthing vendor lines, but they're not spendable. You're not able to pay a person. Uh, you're not able to get cash access. You're just having a, a line of credit with a particular vendor. After you do that, uh, you can start getting into some gas cards for your company, uh, fleet cards that allow you to, uh, you know, if I've got people traveling, 
if, uh, if I've got people or even myself, if I'm out looking for properties, you know, driving for dollars. So they say, sure they do. Yes. <laughs> I can run that through my company gas card, make sure to keep my personal and business expenses separate. So there's some great options. Uh, even vehicle financing uh, can be done directly into the business name. The, the separation that I want to make, and I want to make sure everybody really grasps, is there's a difference when you move into spendable money. You know, uh, MasterCard, Visa, loans that come directly deposited into your account. When you get into spendable money, there's going to be something besides just business credit needed. So business credit is going to get you those vendor lines. It's going to get you that, that ability to have the conversation. After that, you're going to have to have one of a few things, either good personal credit or strong company revenues or collateral. The days of just having a, you know, an 80 paydex and getting lines of credit issued to you in your business name are unfortunately past. So I, I give an example. I always say, don't jump the creek. And what I mean by don't jump the creek is I saw this video and it was this little kid and they walk up to a creek and there's three step stones across the creek. And they look kind of tentatively, do I want to step over? Do I not? And what they do is they go down about three steps and try to jump over and they just barely don't make it and fall backwards into the water. Kid was fine. Funny video. Everything was, you know, totally fine. But why did they fall? It's because they tried to jump the creek when there were three step stones that if they would have just taken the steps, they would have made it across no problem. For business credit guys, the three steps are personal credit, business credit, and company revenues. If you can build and focus on those three things, money is easy. It's just easy. Uh, if you've got good company revenue, good business credit, and good personal credit, there's, there's constantly offers. I get mailed offers constantly multiple six-figure offers mailed to me on the regular. Hey, do you want this money? Do you want this money? And uh, then it just comes down into using what you can get properly and making sure that you're using it to create income. You use, use credit as a tool to create income. Now, let me ask you, is the scoring system similar to a personal credit? So it's, it's not. Uh, and it's also very uh, nuanced and variable in, in the business side. Your, your Paydex score through Dun & Bradstreet is uh, based solely on whether you pay on time or not. So the great thing about that is uh, like your personal credit score, if I've got a credit line of $20,000 and I use quite a bit of that credit line, I'm going to see my personal credit score go down because of my utilization ratios. In my Paydex score, they don't really care about the utilization. They care about was it paid on time. The IntelliScore through Experian does care about utilization, but not as harshly as the personal credit does. And the FICO Liquid platform also cares about utilization, but not as much, not as strongly as personal credit does. The, the fastest way to lower your personal credit score is to max out your credit cards. I mean, you'll see a massive drop, massive drop in your credit score. For business, um, it matters a little bit. I'm not saying it doesn't, but they're used to seeing businesses use their money and then pay it back and use their money, pay it back. They actually want you to use the money and pay it back. 
because that's what businesses do. Businesses leverage money. Correct. Uh, personal people aren't really supposed to do it that way. That's not what they're wanting personal people to do. They're wanting personal people to sit on their money and use it on vacation and use it, you know, on stuff that that's not going to pay them anything. They want people into debt. Yeah. Shopping, right? Consumerism. So businesses, they understand, wait a minute, if I've got this much money, uh, I always say credit is a tool, not a trophy. What I mean by that is if I've just got all this money sitting up here on my mantle and I'll go, look, isn't it pretty? Yeah, but what does that do for you? Nothing, but isn't it nice to look at? Well, that's a trophy. Credit's a tool. Credit, you pull that trophy down and you say, you know what? I'm going to buy a property with this. I'm going to start a business with this. I'm going to use this for advertising. I'm going to use this for new software. I'm going to use this for something that generates real revenue for your company. Using money to make money, as I say. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, do all transactions with vendors get reported to Dun & Bradstreet or all these companies or... How do we know what gets reported and what money we use and pay on time shows up? So when you're looking for vendor credit, uh, there's one way to answer that question. And especially in a recorded setting like what we're doing now, uh, because by the time that that you post this, let's say, something I say very well might be outdated. So I tell people how to... Absolutely. Absolutely. Companies change their their uh, uh, their terms. They change their program. They just, they start reporting. They stop reporting. I can give you an example. Just last year, uh, people would use the Capital One Spark card, which is a business credit card. Correct. Ex- except every time they turned around, it was reported onto their personal credit history. And now, as of this past year, Capital One came out and said, "Listen, we're going to not report that." to your personal credit history anymore since it's a business card, but they also reserve the right at any point to go back. That's part of their terms of service. So as nerdy as this sounds, the answer to your question is when you're looking at a loan or a line, I want you to look in the terms, the terms of service uh, and see what they're allowed to do because that's the only thing that truly matters. What they did in the past doesn't matter. What they might do in the future doesn't matter. What matters is what it says in your terms of service. So uh, there's going to be a section in there about credit reporting. And you look in there and say, okay, does this report? Do they report to Dun & Bradstreet? Do they report to, you know, Experian business? Or do they possibly report personally? Which is, if it's in the terms, it's allowed. Credit is all about contracts. It's not really about a set amount of knowledge. It's about following contracts. And if the contract says they're allowed to report, they are. Uh, There's lots of laws that say if they report, it has to be done a certain way. But there are no laws that say they have to report. It's just if they report, they have to follow these sets of rules. So that's a big one is, is look at the terms of service. Uh, even beyond the, the check marks of how exciting it is on the website you're looking at, make sure you read the terms, guys. It's, um, you know, I install an app all the time and click sure, but I don't apply for a line of credit without reading the terms. Sound words of advice. Absolutely. I mean, the stuff that we see on websites, it's all marketing anyway. 
So whatever contract you sign, you need to be reading the terms, whatever it is. Absolutely. Absolutely. So many many people don't. Yeah. When you're looking um, now, there's been a tried and true uh, uh, Granger, right? A great example. A lot of people use Granger because they do. We know they report to Dun & Bradstreet. We know that they help you build that Paydex score. Um, But the reason that I don't really give like specific accounts is you'll find them changing on the regular. So uh, as you're looking through net 30 accounts to get that start to build up, um, what you're going to look for is do they report, and you're welcome to ask, do they report this information? And if so, to whom? Do they report to just Dun & Bradstreet? Do they also report to Experian? Dun & Bradstreet, in my most personal opinion, Others may disagree. Dun & Bradstreet is starting to kind of uh, inch its way uh, as less valuable. The, the reason mm-hmm. I believe they, they started this program where it allows you to pay a fee and then you can report stuff to your own profile. Well, if you're a lender, do you want stuff that the person reported themselves? Because are they going to report any of the bad stuff to their own profile or are they only going to report good stuff? Right. So, kind of the how accurate is that? How accurate is it really? Uh, and the verification process of it's pretty simple. So you can just, you know, people get a buddy that owns a company to say, "Hey, I'm going to have Dun and Bradstreet reach out to you. Tell them this," and they'll go, "Okay." And like, there's this really kind of simple verification process to it, and it's great on the side of getting that profile to start built up. But the unfortunate part is companies, lenders are seeing that happen and going, eh, maybe we're going to give a little less, you know, uh, merit to what they have to say. Now, let's talk about ID theft. <laughs> sure. Um, what, what do we do if, because if, that's so common now. I, I just talked to two, one, a friend last week, and he had his ID twice, his credit mm-hmm. cards got attacked. So as, as a business owner or personal, how do we deal with stuff that's on our record? That's not our fault. So there is, there's a lot of misconception around identity theft. Uh, You know, like if you watch TV, they say identity theft is the fastest growing crime in America. And it's very scare tactic. Correct. Um, But it does happen. It it, it most certainly does. Uh, it's not normally the way people think uh, when they see these commercials. It's like you should get a shredder and shred your account statements and all of those things. And my thought is honestly, is your social on your account statement? No. Is your account number on your account statement? No. Is your date of birth on there? No, that's not how it works anymore. They, they stopped putting all of that stuff. They, your full account numbers, your, uh, socials, dates of birth, none of it is going to be on any of that paperwork. The way that most identity theft happens now is through hacking. It's through somebody getting your account takeover. Uh, when people think identity theft, they think, ooh, I lost my wallet. Somebody's going to use my credit to get new accounts. Understood. That's far less likely. What really happens is they get account numbers. They get access to your bank card, your, your uh, bank account, your credit cards. Correct. That's much, much easier. And under the card That's Act, what happened to me. So 
So I, uh, when I speak, I always ask, so who in here has had actual account ID theft, like new accounts open in their name? And it's a few hands here and there. Right. And I'll say, who in here has had their credit card, debit card, or bank account compromised? And it's every hand in the room. Everybody. Mm-hmm. We've got to watch out for. But also, that's what things like identity theft protection services don't really. What are they going to do, right? It's an after-the-fact fix. So you do that through filing protection under the CARD Act, which says that you're not liable for more than $50 of any fraudulent activity. Fixing the problem of identity theft uh, is is quite simple. You go uh, to FTC, that's uh, Federal Trade Commission, FTC.gov, and you fill out a identity theft affidavit and complaint form. You're going to print that out. If it's significant amounts, you'll take that to a local police station and have them sign it. It's just so that a report has been filed. You mail it to any affected creditor and you mail it to all three credit, major credit bureaus. That's the process. Uh, If you have something like, you know, LifeLock, and again, not to disparage any other company, but if you have something like that, what they do is just hold your hand through that process, but you're paying 20, 30, 40 bucks a month for them to hold your hand through a process that's literally go to this website, print out this form, get it signed. And if you have those services, you still have to do it. Isn't that kind of crazy? So they can't take it to the police station for you. So it's they redundant. It's just a little bit of a redundant fee. Um, we help people with identity theft all the time at, at absolutely no cost because it's super simple to do. I need you to fill out this form. I need you to take it to any, send it to any creditor that was uh, affected take it and send it to all three credit bureaus. By law, the stuff that they're showing, those incorrect charges and things have to be reversed until there is a investigation. Well, if it was actually fraud, the investigation is going to be quite simple. And there you go. If they can show that it was actually you, then they, you know, obviously those charges could come back. That's so rare. Like it's, you know, it's, uh, it's very easy. If somebody has been the victim of identity theft, it's very easy to see that. So, um, I actually kind of don't recommend, I do recommend highly credit monitor. Uh, I use watchmyscore.com in full transparency. Uh, I own the URL. So, you know, just being fair that I, you know, obviously that's why I would suggest that one. But uh, uh, that's the one I use is watchmyscore. But I don't really recommend external identity theft protection services. They're just, it's just a loss of money for no real significant benefit. Before we wrap up, do you have any other words of advice or anything that you'd like to share with our listeners in terms of credit? I, I most certainly would. Uh, very, very simple. <laughs> very simple. Number one is um, let credit be easier. And what I mean by that is there's so many gurus and so many people trying to sell you something all the time that they want credit to be really confusing so that you buy their thing or, or purchase their service or work with them. We have a better understanding of credit than we think we do. And it's, you know what? Pay your bills on time. Don't overextend yourself financially. Don't max out your credit cards. You want to have a good mix of credit, have different types of accounts. You want to leave things open for a long, as long as possible. And you want to only pull your credit when you're applying, you know, for a purpose. You don't just apply whenever you want, wherever you want, just for the fun of it. 
those five things right there are how you keep solid personal credit. And guys, I can't stress more how much your the business owner's personal credit is playing into their ability to get business credit. So you'll see these things that say, you can get business credit even with bad credit. And that's true. And they'll say, you can get business credit even as a startup. And that's true. And they'll say, and you can get business credit with no revenue. And that's true. And you can get business credit with no collateral. And that's true. But not all of those things at the same time. If you don't have collateral, they're going to need to see personal credit probably or business income statements, revenue statements, bank statements. If you're a startup, they're going to need to see personal credit to get spendable money. If you have collateral, maybe you see what I'm saying? Like you have to have one of those. So the answer is yes, you can get business credit and business funding without good credit, without as a startup, with no collateral, with no revenue. The answer individually to all of those is yes. But if you have bad credit and you're a startup and you have no collateral and you have no revenue, then we need to focus on the actual problem. Instead of trying to fix and get credit, we need to fix the actual problem, which is we need to get the personal credit started. And we need to focus on actually growing that company and getting some revenue in the doors because man, does revenue fix a lot of problems. It certainly does. A lot of problems, guys. So uh, business finance is a lot about people trying to figure out the tricks and then the banks figuring out those tricks, closing the loophole, and then people try to figure the new tricks and the banks close those. But guys, if you, if you don't worry as much about the tricks and you worry about, I'm going to make sure to get my personal credit in order. I'm going to make sure to get as much revenue going through my company as I can. And the one other thing that I will tell you is a very strong factor is what's called your bank rating. And your bank rating is is two factors and mostly one, but how long has your bank account been open? And what is your average daily balance? So if your business bank account, if you constantly move all the money out of it, then uh, when a lender looks and asks for your most recent bank statements, and your average daily balance is, you know, $27. Think about your money. Would you want to lend to somebody that only has $27? And you go, oh, but I just moved it into my personal account. And they go, great. Then you need to apply personally. Right? Yes, I see the dilemma. Yep. So I, my, my number is uh, try to think about $5,000. I know it's easier said than done sometimes, guys. But try to think about $5,000 in your business bank account as zero. Right. If you've got $5,176, keep in mind, I've got $176. Because if you keep that average daily balance at $5,000, it gives you a nice high bank rating. And that's going to help you significantly when it comes to getting money. Significantly. Fantastic, Eric. What a wealth of information. Thanks. Thank you so much for your time. Really enjoyed having you. Thank you for tuning in. See you next time. And don't forget, like and subscribe to the channel.